Dog Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. So, we've been censored on YouTube many times, and I'd just like to say, fuck you, YouTube, and fuck you, Google. And I'm the guy with the censor sticker over my mouth every time I walk by your fucking building in Atlanta. That's me. And now let's get on to trying to not break your rules for one episode. To all our listeners... We're not going to do this every episode, but we're going to talk about a very sensitive thing and try to not break the rules, which will be very hard for me because I don't really fucking know the rules because I don't care that much. But he knows that I'm going to edit this and it just might not have me in it So if you're listening to this and it <laughs> is a three and a half minute episode, you will know why. But we will say this up top. This is not meant to be taken as professional medical advice. And we do not officially support doing anything against the World Health Organization or the Center for Disease Control. We also don't support doing anything with them either, against them or with them. We individually question how they have come to the conclusions that they have and would likely encourage others to research things along similar lines but certainly wouldn't recommend going against their recommendations officially right no recommendation here this is purely academic so let's get down to the brass tags without doing a study admittedly by the drug manufacturers and the cdc uh, according to them without doing a study that uh, tracks the effects of the COVID vaccine on children under five, is it? Yes. Uh, the yeah, recent, under, the recent five, thing that was yeah. instituted was six right. months to five years. So without doing any study, they have now, they haven't approved the vaccine. What they've done is, in my opinion, more sinister they have recommended the vaccine, which seems very innocent to me or anybody just listening to those words saying, oh, they're recommending. I disagree, so they're not going to get it, blah, blah, blah. But what CDC recommendations for vaccines for children does is it gives a guideline to many states on to what they can uh, require of children to get into public school to other similar 
state-funded things, which now people who say they don't necessarily feel comfortable having their children injected with the vaccine or a booster or whatever, you're starting to get a little worried. But don't don't be too worried because it's just a recommendation. The state you live in may not require it to get into the schools later. Uh, you, you just have to keep up to date on those things because a lot of people, what they do is they go, they take your, their kid to get the vaccines and they just get the vaccines. They don't ask what's, what they are. Even if your state requires all these vaccines, if the school doesn't look at the paperwork that hard, you don't really have to get all, your, all of those vaccines for your kids. You can slip through the cracks in public schools. Legally, we wouldn't advise you to do that, but right. it has happened and it is possible. Right. There's a bigger issue with this than even that. Because we can always just take our kids out of public schools and not give them the vaccines if we don't want to. And I'm saying they'll be better off for not getting the vaccines, but definitely not going to public schools will make your children better off. Is that inherently true for the majority of the states, though? I, I get the point yes. you are trying to make. Absolutely. I don't think that public school will make anybody better off. I think it, the lack of public school will create a situation where there will be more learning created. Like actual learning, not memorization, not the dumbing down of society. I honestly think without a public school and no school, kids will learn more. Because the what public school does is takes the mind out of learning. It's turns them into, I don't know if you work like I do in a lot of problem solving. I don't know exactly what you do. I don't understand what you do, but like what I do requires a lot of problem solving and the amount of people that it takes to problem solve some stupid things now, because it's not the procedure is astronomically different than it used to be. And it's because the public school system has gotten better at dumbing down their people. Follow procedure. Don't ever learn to do anything on your own. You have to write down your work. In this way, I don't care if the answer's right. You have to write down your work in this way. Sit down, shut up. Follow procedure. They've gotten good at brainwashing our children into that. And it would be great if they didn't do that anymore. I'm with you on a lot of that, including not just the children and their education, but also we as a society and culture and how we've become accustomed to things that if you were to look at them objectively, like if you were to try to explain them to an alien would sound pretty insane, but we've slowly but surely become accustomed to them and they don't actually seem all that outrageous, you know, um, we talk about this a lot, though, like Pledge of Allegiance, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I, I'm with you on so much of that, but I, I do think that for better or worse, 
the education component is only one part of public school there is like a socialization piece as well as for lower income folks it is a thing that provides care to your child while you're working two or three jobs so but there, there was... are a handful of kids that when they if they didn't have public school regardless of how they're being brainwashed yeah. if they didn't have it they provably uh end up in gangs or whatever else but that's only because pro public school exists if it didn't exist there would be other things or if or if it just wasn't popular there would be so many other things out there for that there would be better catches the private sector has always done better at things always no i i get i get your i get your point i think i'm just saying it's a very broad strokes thing for something theoretical because that money is right now being taken out of our our pockets under okay. threat of violence. We right. are paying for those schools and are not allowed to opt for an alternative. And like I say, there are folks who don't have the alternative for education and childcare. So like you say, there are a lot of ifs and a lot of assumptions, but I'm just I'm just telling you that we have seen what happens in government controlled atmospheres. The 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 poverty stricken places, the places that you would avoid your kid going to that public school if you had a choice, right? Those are the places where typically the parents don't have another option. And those are the places that are most most subsidized by government. There's a reason why that exists. And the reason is, is because if I'm a government agent agency or a company or private company that is funded by government funds, right? I'm working off of a government budget. My goal is not a customer. My goal is the government. So what I have to show to get more funding is that there's a need. So if my goal is to educate publicly, but my goal is to get more funding, obviously that's what people do, right? You get more money. Uh, that's your reward. So if I'm rewarded for saying, oh my God, I don't have enough funding. Look at these kids. Then you get more funding. That's what happens. So the system is set up for those people in those little places that require that, where there isn't a other option to go somewhere else and whatnot, where they know the kids are stuck in the public schools. It's set up to make sure they don't learn, that they end up still in those poverty-stricken areas that they end up gangbangers, that they end up in prison. Because if they end up in prison, if they end up gangbangers, the school system will make more money. Therefore, the person in charge has done their job. You do make a good point. In fact, there's, uh, there's a whole thread on this that we could go over around California's weird doublespeak over these last couple of years where they've done horribly given their lockdown, but then they're also citing their level of improvement 
because right. as they say, you can't fall out of a ditch. Yeah. Very interesting speak. So I I, I agree with you in theory. I, I just want to make sure that we're calling right. a spade I, a spade. And I'm and, not saying like a person who's relying on the public school system right now because they're working two jobs. We've got one kid. They're just trying to do the best for their kid and they're living in this poverty stricken area that they would be better off tomorrow if the kid didn't have a school to go to. If, if like it just got cut off tomorrow, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is if the school system didn't exist very shortly, very, very shortly, the market would open up a market that created something that was better for your child. It would have to be better for your child because there'd be no reason for you to spend your hard-earned money on it if it wasn't. And this is different than what you're in right now because what you're in right now is taking and taking and taking from you. You can't do anything about it and it doesn't have to provide any service for your child that's worth a while. Agreed. And I apologize for spinning you up on one of your yeah. favorite yeah. things because it did get us way off topic. So back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes <laughs> the CDC. That's right. So have we gotten to the point where the CDC is protecting Pfizer yet? I don't think we've name dropped Pfizer yet. No, but okay. we can use them as an example. Well, Johnson, Johnson, Pfizer. I don't like to say Johnson, Johnson, just because I do like the smell of their baby lotion. It's that's really it. So I hit on Pfizer a little harder than I do Johnson Johnson. I think this but is that, a PSA for all pharmaceutical companies make better lotion. Or just make your shit smell like Johnson and Johnson baby lotion. <laughs> like your medicine. <laughs> See, <laughs> is that why Cialis is doing so well? Because it's basically Viagra, but it smells like baby lotion. Have you smelled <laughs> think, either of those things? I haven't. I'm sure I can go get a prescription for either of them without needing needing it. Right? Got to make those sales. Right? I don't think you Dick even pills? have to go to the doctor. Can't you like get a doctor to tell you, like, write your prescription online for a dick pill? I was about to say. Aren't dick pills like the number one thing in spam emails? I don't know. Am I making that up? I, I don't. I don't read. Either my way, email. <laughs> I exclusively read my spam email. <laughs> if you I don't read get, the, the important shit, does not get read. <laughs> people are like, "Hey, did you get my email?" I'm like, "Oh, sorry, you got caught in primary." <laughs> Either way, yeah, let's let's just use Pfizer for this example because to your point, none of them, including Pfizer, did do the studies that you would need to have done to make the changes that we're seeing now. Like any. There's no studies at all done on children under five, so so zero. <laughs> but hey, um the good news is there's also not a lot of bad news 
in any studies done on children under five. So there you go. <laughs> Let's just make the financial point because that's what we're really getting to. Is hey CDC, you know, thumbs up. You got it. You're in. You're playing the game. You're just like Elon Musk with Tesla. You're just like George Washington. Never could tell a lie until you needed to make that money on that land. You figured it out. You figured out with the virus thing, the vaccines, the government forced recommendations that you could make a lot of money. And that's what you've done here because you had a, a vaccine that now it's, let's say some of the reports, let's say the most generous reports that aren't official are close to right. You're looking at one of the most dangerous vaccines created ever to not be approved yet, but to be approved, right? Not approved, but authorized under emergency situations. Yes. So if you were to compare it as if it were approved by the FDA, then yes, it does have the most reports of adverse events of right. any. Yes. So you're looking at something that could be very costly for, depending on the severity of the ad adverse event, be very costly for the providers if say the the emergency act disappeared and you wanted to continue to sell this product now anybody who took it under the emergency act would obviously not be able to you would be protected as a company from lawsuit upon injury of the customer because it was approved under the emergency thing. But after the emergency, if they were to get a booster, say whatever, and there was an event and you would not be protected under the same laws. But there is a law from a long time ago that was written that if your vaccine is part of the recommended vaccine for children entering school, then you continue to be exempt from any adverse effects of these because the the idea of that was, the justification of, what, of that was, because it sounds bad when I say it like that, but like this is how it was spun. Because there's always a way that they spin it to make it sound right. Or maybe they weren't spinning it. You can't, you can no longer be sued because of that. Because a public school is going to say, hell, you can't come to the school unless you get this vaccine. Well, now the person no longer really has bodily autonomy. <laughs> on the subject if let's say they're a poor person already paying taxes for school doesn't have many much more money left to do other options so you're put you're forcing these people into a tight position which is putting them 
in a situation where they're going to get their kid vaccinated. And if they their kid has an adverse effect and, let's say, a permanent injury and would like to sue, well, if this is in the recommended, the recommended vaccines for children under five, you cannot sue the company. They are protected under law from lawsuit. So this protects them. And the funny thing is, the way it's written is, if you're an adult and you're getting it too, it also protects them under this. The way it's written is it's just like a blanket thing. If it's in there, they're protected. Now, I did hear you say something about an old law being written a long time ago. Depending on how old you are is how long of a time ago it was. My point being that we're always hearing this trivia about you can't ride a horse backwards or you can't have an ice cream cone on Thursdays or something. Like, is it not an old law that isn't actually enforced? Right? No, like, this is a very enforced law. I mean, because you're talking about potentially the most dangerous vaccine to ever be potentially approved. Let's say precisely what we mean by that, though, which is that the the, the COVID-19 vaccine was added to the schedule for... The recommended public- schedule for, yeah, for, for children under five, yeah, for public yes. school and whatnot. Yes. The results... Of that is, it's let's say tomorrow the the state of emergency act. It's it's over. Well, they can continue to sell this and just not worry about it. But let's remember before this vaccine, there was one before that. There was one before that one. There was one before that one that was the most dangerous. There was one before that one that was the most dangerous. There was one before that one. That was, there's there's a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, tenth, twelfth most dangerous vaccine. And you know what the really messed up thing about it is? Is you can go through the CDC website right now. Right now. Let's go through it. Everybody here, let's go through it. Everybody listening today, let's go through it. Try to find a study where they're all done together. That's what they do to your children. They give them all to them. So many of them together. They space them out. Oh, they space them out. 30 of them today, 12 of them tomorrow, you know, whatever. Like, two of them. Studies where two of them are given together. Find a study. Not saying that anything would go wrong if two of them were given together. Or three of them, or four of them, or five of them. I'm just saying, find a study where they're given together. Studies aren't done like that, are they? I will argue, actually, that many of the combination vaccines are, in fact, studied that way because that's how they become sort of combination vaccines. Are you just saying, is, is your argument more that the entire schedule of recommended ones are not done together. Right. And then the overall effect. The My point being, it, 
once they're approved, they're, they don't give a shit, is what I'm saying. It's like, if I'm protected financially, I don't give a shit. Your kid isn't the customer anymore, because they're protected. The customer is the person who's approving the protection and making you buy the product. I'm saying, if you're the customer, if they're, they, their whole existence it revolves around them giving you something that you want and you need and that is safe for you, then they don't act like this. People don't act like this when their incentives are right. That's what I'm saying. The CDC is just a victim of incentives. Now, we're not implying that there's any impropriety. No. You can go plenty of places and read all about that stuff. We don't even have to talk about it. And in all fairness, I think it is worth separating this from the more broad strokes, let's call it anti-vax movement. The, my kid got a tetanus shot and now he has autism. I don't think, I don't think either of us are against medical science and modern medicine. Oh, fuck and no. I, I just want it to I be. I don't think. I want to be the customer. That's it. I want to be the customer. That's the biggest thing. That's that's the whole problem is we're not the customer anymore. The person being injected, manipulated, like experimented on, we're not the customer anymore. Because we're forced to buy, we're forced to, uh, or we have no repercussion. Like they have no repercussion. Like we can't do anything. People talk about fascism, like oh, it exists because Donald Trump has got orange hair. But this is what fascism is. It's this tight, 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 extremely tight corporate government relationship that makes sure that the person who's directly affected is not in control. I do find it interesting that the folks who prior to 2020 were very vocal about problems with crony capitalism Mm -hmm. were almost instantaneously moved to the other side and are blindly accepting of these these things which which again it it like like i pointed out before with us not being the like comically bad jenny mccarthy whatever it is Mm -hmm. because this is a nuanced discussion and yes there are people who are legitimately trying to save lives and i've been an advocate for nmra vaccine mRNA vaccines yes and I wouldn't know about it if it wasn't for my I have an uncle that's an oncologist and he has seen things with some of the research in this before that made him think that there there was some headway to be made right and I'm like well why can't well because government won't approve this like we can't even see you know, and I've, that's not okay. We should be able to see. 
if somebody wants, say I'm dying of cancer and I want to see, like I want to be the one to test on because I'm dying anyway, you should be able to see. These things need to be researched. And the problem is, is like you, you don't go from let's voluntarily, let's figure this thing out to I'm going to force your children to take the fucking thing. And you can't provide for your kids and keep your job if you don't fucking take it. That's where the fuck we went. This is awful. You can't come in and get a goddamn burger at the fast food restaurant. You remember uh, what's the famous one in in uh, California when they not oh, what a burger? What's the other one? Oh, In and Out Burger. In and Out. When they wouldn't, they were like, "No, we're not going to kick out people who don't have the vax card." And like. It was a big deal, a big fucking deal. It's it was also a very practical position to take because I have spent many a night at that particular location. <laughs> right. So if anyone here has ever been to the In and Out at like Fisherman's Wharf, for example, you're telling me that these teenagers that make minimum wage are now going to be in charge of policing homeless people who come in there without their card, give me a break. Right. And, and I think I think your point is is very well made, kind of going back to what you were saying with uh, your uncle. Mm-hmm. Your uncle kind of highlights this upside down nature in that experimentation is part of the process. Right. But we've done this reversal where we won't allow individuals to do experiments, even if they are willing and will consent, but we will gladly experiment with our entire populace when it gets bad enough. That's to me a reactive position as opposed to a proactive position. Oh, absolutely. That's a very uh, logical way to look at it. But like, let's just take the emotional side of that. The morality, the it reminds me of the new genetics, the new genetics movement, the you know, the, the the ultimate race, the 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 shit like that. Depending on where you were and when it would come up as to what race it was, but they've always been the same, right? <laughs> it's just you find what you think is superior, and then you. Like this is what this is what we're doing. All of us, we are. If you don't fit into this, you're going off to this camp. You can't reproduce. Fuck you. Who cares? You're not. Like this is for the betterment of society. Well, who the fuck decided what society better was? Well, if you're on the if you think society's better, the way that that person decided it, then you're okay with it. If you're not then it's just the most awful thing ever but you know what's different about the the real libertarians the the real people who live by the non-aggression principle is it doesn't fucking matter whether they agree with it or not it's always fucking wrong and they're they're called the racist right now they're being called racist i'm being called a racist but it's always wrong to me it's always wrong I take every life 
seriously. Down to the abortion thing. When I talk about abortion, where I say, where I think the baby's life matters more, it's not because the woman's life doesn't matter. It's a hard decision for me. And it's one of these things where I can't, it's not clear, but it seems more important for the, the, the heartbeat to keep going than the body thing. You know, unless the woman's life is it. Like if it's a life for life, it's different, right? But when you're talking about potentially just healthy after you give birth to the baby dying, I believe that the baby's life weighs more in that circumstance. But I do understand there's another life involved. I'm taking this seriously. Libertarian, real libertarians take these things seriously. Whereas somebody who doesn't live by any principles will flip-flop just because the person they want to vote for, their team, says something different. Like yesterday they were like, oh, I will shoot you up with this fucking vaccine. You can't get a job. I hope you fucking die, you piece of shit, to bodily autonomy. The next fucking day. You guys are a goddamn joke. You're a fucking... You, if you do this, if you believe this, if you listen to your fucking self... You are nobody. You're nothing but what people tell you to be. You're just a fucking robot. You can't think for yourself. You're doing exactly what they want you to do. You're a fucking shell of a person. You're exactly what they want you to be. You actually raise a really good point with the abortion piece. Not just the obvious bodily autonomy conversation right right there's there's obviously a, a huge parallel there right. um i think we can talk about the nuanced difference between abortion and the fact that disease there are obviously like other lives involved and same thing with abortion back and forth blah 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 but i think even beyond that there is a, a really good point about things that are principled like you say I, I do think libertarians get a bad rap because I don't know some 95% of libertarians are just sort of internet weirdos who want to smoke weed and their debates are god awful but <laughs> but some of the best debates I've ever heard are the ones between two true libertarians talking about different perspectives on abortion both coming at it from the perspective of the non-aggression principle right protecting the individual's rights and private property yeah exactly that is that is the most amazing debates i've ever heard and the most compelling and just uh emotional it, it it's what a debate should be it's just it's fascinating if from whichever side you you fall on that 
when two people are coming at it from a very principled protect freedom protect and this is why i think this protects it better is why and they're they're being honest they're given their pers- perspective it's it's something to be seen or something else to be seen you can go watch on uh, Reason Magazine, the Scott Horton and Bill Crystal debate. That is not that. That is Scott Horton being principled, being very knowledgeable, and somebody who didn't know what they were getting into, who is not principled and not knowledgeable, just knows what he's supposed to say to make the money debating. And while it was fun to watch Scott mop the floor with Bill Crystal, it was not compelling. It was not emotional. It didn't expand my horizon. Yeah. For for those who have not seen this debate, I'll actually toss it in the show notes because it is actually a, a really good one to watch and or listen to. But you're absolutely right. I didn't walk away from that going man, he's right. Maybe we really should be at war. We really should be like murdering innocent civilians around the globe. I, I should, I should reconsider my position. Well, yeah. Or even I I still feel like we shouldn't, but he made some compelling points and it made me rethink the position. And I actually feel stronger as a, as a non-interventionist now. I mean, yes, I, I felt just as strong as a non-interventionist afterwards because Scott Hort, I'd already heard him say all these things. So like a very non-interventionist, but like, let's say I listen to a debate and somebody gives some good points and I have to think them through. And I still come up with the same conclusion. I might be a stronger in my beliefs on my side afterwards only because they, made some good points on their side that I had to think through. And that's because they were intelligent enough to do that. That's not what Bill Crystal did. Not at all. He didn't make any intelligent points. Scott Horton, on the other hand, Scott Horton was prepared for Bill Crystal with his entire writing staff. But you're right. When I heard, um, why am I drawing a blank? Don't let me draw a blank here. The two that debated the the the, the abortion thing. Uh, Are you talking about Kerry Baldwin and Walter Block? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that debate right there. Because going into it, I was far on the Walter Block side, very far. Um, and after that, I was like. Still on Walter Block's side, but I was like, oh, I'm rethinking stuff. And then, like, later in my life, I was just, not that much later, just thinking about it. You know, it was just, it changed. I was like, oh, I think I fall more on the other side now. Well, you also are a father. Right, I am. So it made me think about it a lot harder, you know? Walter's points are still in my head like i i take his position seriously so i don't want anybody to think like because i 
change my position on the moral high ground on this situation that I don't take those these other arguments seriously. I do. And uh, I think if more people had honest conversations about things, this seems like the hardest one to have a conversation about in a lot of, because people talk over the other. They're like, oh, so you want, uh, you know, incest to happen. What? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this. It does. That's what happens. Extreme jumps, yeah. But but your your point is well taken, like because this is this is nuanced. Mm -hmm. But life experience does impact this as well. Like I was pointing out with you being a a father, we see this happen all the time with people's uh, perception of homosexuality and like the legality of their marriage or something like that, which we can kind of go to the state argument of that. We can leave that out for a second, but just the idea that people who are generally leaning toward homophobia will alter their positions once they've met someone and spent significant amount of time with someone who is homosexual because they humanize them. And I think it's one thing to talk about these things in the theoretical, which I think is the way that Walter Block approaches this, and I'm inclined to agree with him. I can I can link this in the show notes as well because that, that is another good debate, but there's this sort of theoretical that he and others do, which is a few different versions of, there's like, are you evicting the child from its home and et cetera, et cetera. It's all very theoretical, whereas the the other side is so have you gone back and listened to it again because like you know we talked about it and then i think the last time we actually mentioned it i went back and listened to it again and one of the good points she made that i didn't even remember she made and i i wonder if it had something to do with like me taking her seriously was like she hit back on the homesteading thing because you we also just as much as we protect private property, we also agree that homes, if you homestead, that's your property. You know, if you are the person who, this this was not an owned property before, you know what I mean? And you have made it yours. You've done the work, put it, you know, turn the soil, cut down the tree and turn it into a chair. It's your chair. So, uh, she she threw that in and it was just a little like I'll throw it in as a side note to another point that she was making and I was like I don't know if it got me the first time but it definitely got me the second time I was like oh that was that was clever cuz that's right in line with his with his point and you hit it right there so it was kind of neat and it, as a debate tactic, I'm saying I'm not whichever way you fall in this subject, as long as you come to it, as long as you come to the your, the way you fall to it from an honest position, truly trying to protect everybody's interest in the situation. And I think that 
is exactly how we're asking folks to come to this vaccine debate because we're not being alarmists about saying the things that may not may not be reason to ban their videos or whatever but i'm i'm we're we're not the ones who are saying these these vaccines are killing everybody and making everybody zombies or autistic or whatever and making outrageous claims but we're also asking folks to come to the table and think about this from the perspective of incentives and say even if something is made with the best of intentions and is meant to save the lives of children around the world the laws and structures that are in place should not have the ultimate power to completely disregard the very safety of those children in favor of profits exactly i mean what are we doing here i would like to see from the cdc an explanation a true explanation of why they felt if it's not to protect the money interest of these big corporations why did they do it why and then if it is because it's going to protect children what have they found out all of a sudden that we don't know about and that they haven't released because everything they've put out so far doesn't lead me to any conclusion that we should do this it seems like only risk the risk of hurting children way outweighs the maybe insignificant potential kind of could almost help somebody thing that they're saying that it does so it's fucking scary to me that like this much bureaucracy is it's just out there and nobody it just doesn't it ruined doctors lives who are trying to tell people stuff ruined their lives took everything away from them tried to make them hacks like really important people in fact one of them was an oncologist very famous man you wanted to ruin him because he said things that you now consider are true you admit are true on your website cdc you have people working for you maybe cdc itself didn't try to ruin him but the people working for you did their names are on the letters so explain what you're doing to my children in the name of these people who lied on this man you know who i'm talking about and everybody listening does but if i say his name our fucking thing will get flagged thank you youtube that's what i'm talking about youtube google they work for the state because they have contracts with the state the state is the apparatus that gives you the power of violence upon other people to force them to do what you want. It's not private. It's not capitalism. I heard so many tweets, fucking stupid ass tweets about, oh, 
baby formula. Capitalism failed. What? What? That's capitalism? You think that's capitalism? You fucking morons. The state owns that shit. They create the monopolies by regulating everybody else out of it. And then saying, oh, oh, now that we've regulated shit out of it, now we're going to give you better profits. We'll keep your prices up by excluding foreign competitors that meet the standards. So you can still charge a lot. They do that. That's what they did. And then when they ran out of formula, they're like, capitalism failed. What? I, I do find it funny that we talk a lot on the left about like xenophobia and nationalism, but then formula from any other country would be poisoning our children. Right. Let's just let them starve. <laughs> Fuck them. Because it's the 1800s and we can't analyze anything that crosses our borders. So all this comes back to, it's not about them being wrong or right. But for the record, we will not recommend anyone to disobey their recommendations. We will not officially make that our statement. Right. What we will say is... Whether they are right or wrong, it should be noted, and we believe that they should be incentivized to make sure that it's right. Mm -hmm. In the circumstance of the vaccine, at least at the state that we're in today, I think the best first step would be to make sure that they, at least from now on, are liable, can be sued for problems that occur. And I think I think that's a very reasonable middle of the ground step. Like me as an anarchist, like I'm way beyond that. But what I'm saying is like anybody out here looking at even if you agree if you think the vaccine is the best thing ever then i think that you should still agree with if it is hurting somebody they should at least have the right to try to get some sort of compensation they should be able to at least sue and try to in court even if they don't win but as it stands right now, they can't even try to. And let's close on, accept the results of the election. <laughs>